Hello and welcome to the Mojo Podcast, part of Mike's Open Journal. Here we're going to be talking about mental health and all things related. That includes illness, wellness, stigma and support, and importantly some of your very own personal stories. I want to thank you for being part of Mike's Open Journal as guests, as visitors, as speakers, as listeners. Welcome to the world of mental health. And remember, you're not alone out there. These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. She's not a great match for me, and that's okay. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. I feel like a lot of the friends that I did have have sort of stopped speaking to me because of it. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. Not only did this help me to write it, Mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. And she was like, can you tell me a bit about what's going on? So I told her everything and her face dropped. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it. Hello and welcome to the Mojo Podcast and to episode 130. Thank you so much for continuing to join in, uh, subscribing, downloading, listening, uh, being part of the podcast. I uh, Someone mentioned to me earlier this week, I don't actually ask or ever mention reviews, um, so it'd be ace if you could leave a review wherever you're listening to this. Um, apparently it helps somehow, I'm not too sure how, but apparently it does. Uh, but that would be ace if you are able to do that. Thank you so much. I hope you've had a good week. I hope it's been uh, fruitful for you. I hope you're keeping warm. That kind of that cold air is still around uh, in the south coast of England at the moment. So um, I hope you've been keeping warm. Last week was uh, Time to Talk Day. I'm not sure if you'll uh, have seen or heard about Time to Talk Day. Hopefully you will have. Uh, so Time to Talk Day is a national campaign. Uh, that's led by Time to Change uh, and uh, a range of different minds, uh, so local and national, get involved with supporting uh, and a few other mental health charities. I know do quite a lot as well. So uh, through my workplace, I got to be involved with some of those conversations and through the podcast and the blog, there's been a few other things going on in the last week as well, which have been absolutely amazing to be part of and the the conversations that have been started and uh, developed uh, have been awesome uh, whether they've been around kind of well-being things that we do that kind of keep us happy and positive or some of the conversations have been about illnesses um, symptoms things that people are struggling with um, or around looking for support as well so a range of different conversations and they have all been uh, amazing to be part of and uh, hopefully beneficial for for everyone that was involved in those conversations as well this week uh, i'm delighted to be joined by another new guest uh, georgie will be on the podcast uh, very soon and um, georgie is a time to change young person's champion and uh, it's really interesting to talk to her about her experience with mental health but also hear a little bit about her preparations for the activities uh, she was doing on Time to Talk Day with Time to Change. Mouth full of times. Oh, I feel like I need to breathe now. Um, so yeah, it was ace to to sit down and have a chat with Georgie, who uh, I met briefly, I think it was November time, when we were at the Mind Media Awards, where uh, I met Georgie and uh, Lorna as well. And it was ace to have an opportunity last week just to sit down and hear a little bit more about her story her experience what's led her to becoming a time to change young champion and also kind of really brought home for me as well that idea of of making time to sit down and talk and it not necessarily having to be about uh 
mental health or mental health illness uh actually having time to just sit down and chat um i do i do feel uh, it sounds a bit weird to say at the beginning we talk about quite a lot of things and nothing at the same time um in this episode but it was really nice just to sit down and have a chat um so i really enjoyed it and i hope you guys enjoy listening in to our conversation as well um as always the links are in the description and at the end of the episode but if you would like to get in contact maybe come on and share your own story uh in the future you can find all the details over at mikesopenjournal.com uh and you can find us over on twitter predominantly um and both me and georgie will give our details at the end of the episode so look out for those as well but thank you for continuing to support the podcast for downloading subscribing and listening in um and for being part of that ongoing conversation around mental health as well uh but for now i'm going to drop you guys into the conversation that we were having um last week so here we go so yeah it's really nice to uh to finally sit down and and talk with you and um before we get into your story just to hear a little bit about how how your day and how your week's gone um kind of before we get into it yeah absolutely so um been a bit of a weird one I won't lie um I was interviewed by BBC Radio 1 this morning oh wow um yeah which was really strange um someone from time to change rang me and was like Radio 1 want to do an interview with you in like 20 minutes and I was like (laughs) um I'm on my way to work but yeah that's absolutely fine um, so I went and sat in a cafe so I could use the Wi-Fi and um, went on to like, WhatsApp audio with the, this lady from BBC Radio 1, um, accidentally FaceTimed her and then was in literally in on FaceTime, like in the Radio 1 studio in the live lounge thing. Um, and yeah, but it was quite good. And then I was at work, listened to, asked my boss if I could listen to it. Um, and I was listening to it and I've never been more, I don't know why I'm on this podcast because I hate my voice. Oh. I'm recording. <laughs> I've not met someone yet I don't think that is like I love my voice I love my voice Um, let me hear more of that yeah like I I remember hearing my voice back on certain stuff and oh I just you're like that's not what I sound like yeah literally (laughs) literally because I thought I listened to it and I was like I swear my Wolverhampton accent's not that bad but now it's all I can hear like I can hear it now and I'm like I just want to slap myself and say George stop talking oh (laughs) no I that's because I don't hear I I don't think I don't hear my voice when I'm talking as a different voice it's when I hear it kind of record if it's been recorded like when you used to leave like an answer phone message or whatever when I hear Mm -hmm. it back and I'm not currently talking that's when it sounds really weird to me um I guess because it's that disconnect isn't it? it's like oh it could be a different person I don't know it just yeah it's weird to yeah hear it back and especially now I don't know if you've found as you do um some of the campaigns and you talk to people from around the country or potentially different countries and you are exposed to a lot of different um uh, I guess tones and accents uh yeah and you're it really makes you realise that although you can't necessarily hear it, or it sounds like you might be able to hear yours, um, you can't hear your own accent. You don't know how it... Because most of the people that you live around talk the same way. And it's only when you speak to someone from outside that local community you realise, actually, I sound really different to other people. Yeah. I don't... Oh, yeah. I don't... Yeah. It's strange. It is strange. <laughs> so... um is that uh, like a recent thing with the um, with kind of the interviews and the conversations and stuff online, um, or is that something that's kind of built up more recently? Um, to be fair, I've never. I had. I did an interview with the Sun a couple of weeks ago. Um, that was that was again. That was kind of like just kind of threw me into the deep end. But that was really good. That was just like a written article on the website. Um, oh, okay. But then I said to Time to Change, I was like, I'd love to do more. Um, because I'm a young champion for time to change. So I thought I'd love to do more with the media. Mm. Um, kind of like to want to boost my confidence, but then also to kind of, because I want a career in it anyway. And like, I'd like a career in like the mental health charity, mm. um, that kind of thing, in like the charity sector. Um, so they've been, time to change, literally, they're so incredible. They're literally like, yeah, uh, Radio 1 want to do an interview. These want to do an interview. National student want to do it. So it's been like, it's been quite mad the past couple of weeks, especially like leading up to like, time to talk day and stuff which is Thursday mm. yeah which 
Thursday. Like it's been mad to think obviously the conversations the conversations needed now and people want to hear that conversation. So it's been really good. It's re- it's a really nice way to to kind of do it as well, isn't it? Because you're getting to share your story, but you're also doing it with that support network that comes with being um, a, a young cha- a young champion, particularly I think for for times of change, where there is that um, kind of support and the training that goes alongside that. And actually, yeah. it's a great opportunity to not just share your story, but do it in a really safe and kind of productive way, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we've kind of got a little bit of a feel for the stuff that's going on at the moment, but, um, I guess already hearing and knowing that you are involved with time to change and that you're, you're getting involved in sharing your story, maybe for, um, us just to hear a little bit more of kind of where that journey started and and why you are so passionate about talking about mental health and encouraging other people to come forward and um, be part of those conversations as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, to be fair, my like kind of mental health journey, it's been such like a blur, mm. um, which to be fair, I suppose it is for everyone because it's not like, it's not something that's linear, is it? It's yeah, your mind's a mess, basically. Like. <laughs> and I'm sure <laughs> you've started to realise the more people you talk to, especially having that um, awesome structure that you've got where you, you are around other young champions that are also sharing their story, yeah. you've realised the... Um, the I guess the diversity in in the way people are affected, even if they have a similar illness, just the way they're affected and their their journey yeah. to that illness or to their recovery is so vast. Yeah, it really is. Like the first weekend with Time to Change, I'd because the reason I joined Time to Change is I wanted to kind of start doing something within the mental health charity sector, but I didn't know what. And then the um, the applications came up for the young champion. I thought like this is a bit of me. I like this. Mm. Um, went to Manchester for this like initial training, like induction weekend, and I think I honestly think it was the most like emotional kind of eye opening experience we've ever had because you literally I'd walk. Obviously, I won't like mention names or anything, but I walked into the room and I met people that are literally like some of my best friends now, and yeah. they, people had got like. Like I suffer with anxiety and depression. And I also I used to have bulimia, um, but I still kind of stigmatised myself, if that makes sense, because I thought I was never, oh, I was never thin enough for an eating disorder, or all of those kind of thought processes. Mm. Um, but I met people that literally said, Do you know what? I suffered with an eating disorder as well. I felt exactly the same. Mm. Um, like I met guys with eating disorders. I met people with schizophrenia with um borderline personality disorder and it's it was so like eye-opening for me because I only knew about my own illnesses and I didn't even know about them that well um yeah so meeting other people like I've learned so much about mental health and like also how to deal with people when if they've got a different illness to I that like than I have like learning how to actually deal with them when they're having a bad day like how to be around them and like what works for them if that makes sense Mm. um i think so often um i guess it's different depending on where you're going and what you're doing but so often i'm kind of encouraging people often to talk for the first time um and i think that's it's kind of what you're encouraging it's not what you're doing because you're sharing your story multiple times and you're um becoming more and more experienced with that uh but it's what we are particularly uh coming up to times change um, time to talk day that it's encouraging people to talk for the first time about struggles that they may have had or um, the struggles that the people around them may have had and often yeah. I think it's it's conversations that we've never had before and there there can be a real struggle behind the working out the language I guess um, that's appropriate that really describes what's going on like from a really young age we work out um oh that hurts where does it hurt how does it hurt what can I do what can I not do uh, I won't do that for a little while until it recovers but I don't know that we ever really talk about I feel happy or I feel sad and why do I feel sad or what's led to me feeling sad and um Mm. is there something that I can do to kind of change that um it's I still think we are we're, we're starting more conversations but often something's left until that symptom becomes an illness and then it's like now you need to talk about it I'm like, oh, yeah that's great 
it'd be nice if yeah. we could talk about it earlier on and I think that's kind of a big part of of what this Thursday is about but also a lot of the work that you do sharing your story and encouraging other people to come forward so it is it's interesting to hear you talk about uh speaking to people who may struggle with an illness or symptoms that you haven't come across before as well and um I guess yeah hearing it hearing about if there's been like a particular time that you found that maybe really difficult and how you overcame or were able to have that conversation would be really interesting for some people that maybe are worried about starting a conversation themselves yeah um I think it's just you just have to be kind of like considerate I know that sounds really like simple but it is it's that simple I mean like I still I like talk to people with illnesses that I literally know nothing about Mm. um but I think it's just it's just kind of saying to them okay you're going through a bad time right now what do I need to do and some of the time I know when I'm feeling bad and if someone said to me what can I do to help I'd just say do you know what I'm I'm gonna be okay just give me a bit of time because Mm. I need to be like for me what works for me is being off my phone or just switching social media off and not comparing myself to other people and um just kind of doing my own thing so like I love Disney so I'll go and watch a Disney film or Mm. um I'll have a cup of tea and do it's I I sound like a granny but do a jigsaw or something like that (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah I bet you don't know many 21 year old um girls that do jigsaws but you know well um, just because they're not talking about it it doesn't mean they're not doing it exactly. (laughs) it could be like one in four just like mental health yeah yeah I um. I do find um those kind of like craft or like yeah arty crafty activities are so good for not just having a bit of kind of like reflection time but they're actually really good I think as um uh like conversation aids because it gives someone something to focus on with their eyes and there's something to do with their hands and it detracts yeah. a little bit from the attention and um I'm, I guess, maybe a little bit surprised that they're not used a little bit more. I think they are, for people that are in, um, like, a a recovery or treatment programme, they are. But for people in, like, our day-to-day lives, it's not really encouraged. And I think, actually, um, I wouldn't have the patience for for a a serious puzzle. Um, But there are um, sort of arts and crafts activities that actually are really good for people that like me maybe have a short attention span uh and actually just engaging and trying those activities a really nice way to start conversations i think especially um i would say for for men because we struggle with the eye contact like making eye contact when you're talking about your thoughts and your feelings and that stuff that is stereotypically not male um yeah I think it's a really, really nice tool to um, engage those conversations. So it's interesting to hear you sort of say, actually, it's really useful for me as well. Is it? That's all right, then. You should just buy a puzzle. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever done one of those, um, like the the 3D puzzles? I ha- yeah I had one years and years ago I had like a massive castle it was like a goth I'm not gothic in any way shape or form mm. but it was like a gothic like foam castle it was awesome but I don't think I did it though I didn't think I had the patience oh, so, <laughs> but, um, so there is like a foam model or something that you build I the so. yeah I can't remember where I-, I must have been about 12 I think oh, I got okay. it for Christmas present or something um I don't know why but yeah I never did it I didn't have the patience because it was like really like like fumbly and stuff They're um heavy yeah. detail those 3d puzzles though that's not I know um, yeah go on I can't yeah I can't imagine giving that to a 12 year old you clearly no. had a desire for the puzzles early on <laughs> I know yeah. no my um it's mine and my boyfriend's fourth anniversary in March and we were in um we were in Birmingham the other day in mm. the ball ring and we went in the Disney store of course because it's not a trip to the ball ring without the Disney store <laughs> and um we went in and there was a I, I've just finished a 1000 piece one that I got for Christmas and mm. there was a 13,000 piece one in there oh, and I was like oh my god and he was like 
oh Christ, I've got to get you that, haven't I? And I was like, you have got to get me this. So I'm starting it next week. And I don't know, I've looked at the, um, I saw a picture on Instagram of someone that had like completed it. It's, it, honestly, it must be about the size of like, I don't even know how to describe it, like two car lengths. Like, Oh my gosh. Um, Where are just, you going to build that? I have no idea. I need the warm weather to come so I can do it outside. But it's oh. England, so it'll probably rain on it. So I'm I'm not really sure how I'm going to go about it, but I, I look am. forward I... to seeing the completed picture in yeah. the middle of summer. Yeah, I might do a, you know, you can do like them highlights on Instagram. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I might just do like a highlight of it. My puzzle journey. <laughs> um, so I guess, is there... Um, was there a time when you started to realise that actually having those kind of, I guess, coping strategies and tools around you was particularly useful or something that you needed? Yeah. Um, when I started like experiencing panic attacks, I didn't really know what they were hmm. um, because it wasn't something that was really spoke about like with my friends at school or it's not taught. Like you don't get taught how to deal with a panic attack. Um, so I just... I wouldn't really know what was going on. So I'd like kind of like dissociate and just zone out. Mm. Um, but what I found always helped for me um, was just like, almost like, like imagine like a soft blanket or like a dressing gown or something. I'd just squeeze it and like, like almost like stroke it. Mm, mm, mm. But um, it helped me because it helped me kind of focus on something. And it was like that kind of, it was like the comfort of it. Yeah, like um, a soothing type. Yeah, like a soothing kind of like, like a protection kind of thing isn't it like you you feel very you just feel safe mm. um so that's what I do and to be fair I've been quite like well recently on the panic attack side of things I haven't had one um I know we're only in February but I haven't had one this year which is a really good like it's, it's progress for me yeah um but um oh, I've just gone off my train of thought I was thinking what month it was and now I forgot what I was doing <laughs> um yeah, forget that. Panic attacks. What was I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Literally. But, <laughs> the, oh, well. I guess, that. <laughs> yeah, I guess, like, kind of to try and link into that, like, is there a way that you feel you've um, been able to deal with or um, cope better with the times when you might struggle with the panic attacks or something that you've done recently that's kind of meant that you haven't experienced those as much? Um. One, I think something that's not spoke about enough is my medication. Mm. Um, like I'm very pro medication. That has helped massively. Um, I think I got my review th- um, through for the doctors the other day, and I'm I'm putting it off so much because I'm like I know I'm going to go back, and they're going to say, "Do you want to come off them?" But I'm like, no, because I never want to feel how I did before. Mm. And if I can have a tablet, even if it's just a little pill that helped me, mm. I'm gonna like. I will I'll stay on it for as long as I like I need to mm. um so that's helped me massively um and also I think just actually talking about how I'm feeling and not just bottling it up um because that's what I, I I've done that for so long like people have said to me are you all right and I'm like yeah you know I'm uh, like I'm getting there or something and they're like you sure and I'm like no seriously I'm fine mm. when inside I'm literally like crying inside and I'm like I just want someone to I just want to tell someone but I couldn't um so that has been a massive massive help is actually like confiding in people and like opening myself up to trust not loads of people but more people that you know have been in my life for a long time and I know that genuinely care about me mm. um so that's probably been like that's probably been like the best form of self-care for me is just like couple with a friend or something like that and it's recognizing I think sometimes as well isn't it we there there's a need to talk about what we're experiencing and, and talk it through with somebody. And yeah, I think it is really important that you find someone that you're kind of happy and safe and comfortable to talk to. But a lot of the time, it as long as those things are filled, it doesn't matter who it is because you just need to talk about it and you need someone to listen. I think it, yeah. it doesn't always matter who that person is. Um, like there are certain times, yeah, when someone needs um I like it to be your your partner or your best friend or whoever someone close to you to talk to or a professional but a lot of the time I think we just need someone just need someone to sit and listen and have a conversation with yeah absolutely I think as well one of the most like surprising people for me 
um, was my dad hmm. because my dad has always, and I don't think he'd mind me saying this either, like if he does listen to this, but um, my dad has literally, he's always been very black and white about about life really. Hmm. Um, and he's always been very much, um, I think the generation as well, when he grew up, my nan and granddad would have said to him, oh man up, hmm. you know, hmm. all the things that men are told constantly that it, that means that men are less likely to talk about their mental health than say a woman is. Yeah. Um, but he, I remember when I had my, um, I laugh about it now and I call it cucumber gate. <laughs> um, but when I had my kind of breakdown in, it was March last year. Um, and I had a piece of cucumber on my plate and I just stuck crying and it was almost like, you know, like the top of the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. 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 And I just looked at it and I thought, I can't eat that because it's fattening and it's going to, and all of these kind of like awful thought processes were going through my mind. Um, so I wrote a massive letter to my, like, well, text to my mum and dad. Mm. Um, and I just said, look, this is what I've been going, this is what's been going on. Like, I feel suicidal. I feel this, I feel this, like I need help. Um, and my dad, who's always been very much like, you know, you've got an amazing life, George. Why, why have you got anxiety? You've got this, you've got that. You're going on holiday here and all this. And he, he texted me back and he was like, what can I do? Like, I'm here, I'm listening. Mm. And now he's literally, like, he gets angry if I'm in a, like, if, if I'm in a bad place and I don't ring him. And he's like, you're struggling. What can I do? You need to tell me. I'm worried about you. And mm. that's probably been the most, like, impactful conversation I've had because now he goes to work and he'll say, apparently someone came up to him the other day and said, um, oh, you're right, Phil, I'm not doing very well, can we have a chat? And he was like, oh, my daughter talks about mental health and she's like, really opened me up to it and, like, mm. I hope you're okay. And, like, you know, like, I don't know, three months ago I would have told you to man up, but now I'm like, no, mate, talk to me. Yeah. Um, and that's been, like, I'm so proud of him because that's been, it's such, like, a transformation, like, in his personality. Um, so, yeah conversations do work <laughs> mm, mm. they really do and it's awesome to hear that positive side of of that transformation as well and going actually it's not about the person um being uh like nasty or cruel in the first place it's just a lack yeah. of awareness and i think it's like so many other things that we if we're not exposed to why would we care or have knowledge or understand it if we've never seen it or experienced it yeah um, I think that's why it is so important to hear people um, sharing personal stories like it's great when we can talk about certain symptoms and illnesses and statistics and whatever but when it's in an abstract way I think there's a lot less of a, a buy-in um, from people to listen or engage or understand but um when they can hear someone talk about their 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 real struggles the the times that they've sat there and thought about harming themselves or taking their own life and realize that actually no this is more than someone just being a little bit down for a couple of days yeah um i think it it almost needs that sort of seriousness at, for some people for them to kind of engage in the first place um and it's a shame that it takes that, but it again, it's one of those things because we historically just haven't spoken about mental health. And I think while there's a lot of improvement happening, um, if I'm honest, I think most of that has happened in the last kind of five years. It, yeah, it really has. Yeah. It's... I mean, like when I was growing up and I was at school and stuff, I never got taught about mental health or like anything like that I think the mm. first time I ever learned about mental health was in sixth form in mm. psychology and we got taught about um what did we get we got taught about like basically like the crazy people do you know mm. what I mean and yeah like, yeah yeah like the conversations that we'd have after it yeah um, and even me I would because I didn't know at the time the things I was going through I didn't see them as a mental health problem I just mm. thought oh you know I've got stuff going on in my life I'm just a bit sad about it but I'll be fine so yeah. I I think even then I was like, my attitude towards mental health was completely different. Mm, mm. Uh, yeah, it's that understanding of what mental health is as well, I think. We, we, yeah. um, I think even now, a lot of the time, uh, when people say mental health, like they actually mean or are thinking of mental health illness. 
and yeah. it's having that understanding that actually do you know what okay even the illness side that does include like the low level symptoms that's part of that but mental health in general also includes like well-being um those things that you do to keep yourself happy if that's like going to the cinema taking part in a sports activity seeing a friend doing physical activity all of that is impacting and is part of your well-being and your your mental health yeah um it's just because of the way the conversation is framed and the images that were shown we often think of that like traditionally sad or crazy person um that's what mental health is and that's only going to stigmatize people and um stop them from coming forward and i think that's i don't know this might be different for you um i think that's why at the moment we're seeing more uh younger people coming forward and talking about mental health and sharing their experience and to some extent also being diagnosed with illnesses um then we are kind of older generations because they still have that mindset of we don't talk about this um this isn't something that i'm proud of this means i'm weak whereas younger people are starting to be brought up where people that they look up to celebrities people that are well known talk about their previous illnesses people around them are sharing their stories online and we're starting to create that environment for young people to not necessarily know too much about, oh, 10 years ago, you wouldn't have said that because you've yeah. been scared about what's going to happen, the way you were going to be judged, etc. Yeah. Yeah, I think as well, like, don't they say something like, we're the Y generation um, or something? Some, I think, yeah, it's the Y generation because we, we ask why to everything, like we question everything. Um, and it's like... So now I think people are growing up and they're yeah. like, like you said, they're seeing mm. like the celebrities saying, I suffer with a mental health issue. So they've got that, but they've also got the, hang on, why am I feeling like this? Mm. Like, because I think as a, like as a generation, I think we're quite, we're quite a strong generation. Mm. Like, I'm not saying that about like myself. I mean, like just as a generation as a whole. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's a tricky one. Like, because it's almost it's a shame because a lot of these celebrities are they are adults they're like not adult but they're like they're a lot older Hmm. so it's like why would you not get I don't know our parents or that like the elder generations even grandparents why would you not get like them speaking out about it as well Hmm. um but I just think I think that in say 20 15 20 years time hopefully I think we'll be living in like an entirely different world yeah like like when it comes to mental health i hope anyway yeah i think you'll still get like idiots like piers morgan Mm, but mm. yes there will always be one or two um i found it really interesting the other day actually talking to someone because they were saying they thought um like prince harry and william talking about their experience and their um their their mum's death uh and their mental health and how that was affected was a big game changer and I was like, oh, it's interesting because I I think at that stage people were already aware of mental health and kind of private conversations were happening. Yeah. So I don't think that they raised awareness in particular. Um, I think they kind of allowed people to have that conversation more openly. Um, yeah. And it was a really it was really interesting because they were like, oh no, I think it was an awareness thing. It was like it doesn't really matter. Um, but it was interesting, like the different ways that you can kind of perceive certain things. But I do think it was a a big change in terms of, yeah, allowing people to go, actually, it's okay to talk about this. Um, and I think for me, that's the way I took it of a, a big shift in terms of, no, like you can talk publicly about struggling. It is okay. And um, it was a, a really good, and it continues to be an awesome campaign that they do with Heads Together. And I think there are certain times when certain stories really do shift the, I suppose, the context of conversations as well. Yeah, they really do. Like, have you seen um, Jamila Jamil, her mm. movement? Like, that is the amount of people that, like, she's like, she featured me on there. Like, that is literally my claim to fame. <laughs> it's when she just started and I thought, oh, I'm getting involved, like, on board with this. And she shared me on a page. Oh, but- like you try and find that now and there's so many like women and men and like every person is 
they're getting involved in this mm. kind of like I weigh movement. It's like, mm. no, I do weigh more than my like body weight. Mm. I weigh my success. I weigh my like friendship, my mental health, all of this. And I think she has been such a kind of like influential kind of like campaigner in it. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think she's oh, just, I think she's absolutely brilliant. I love her so much. <laughs> she's one of the people as well that I really like in terms of, um, like they're kind of across different um not necessarily campaigns but different topics um like she's not tied into one particular thing like i've seen um like tweets and messages that she sent before about um like body positivity about mental health about equal rights about a few different things and it's really nice because it comes across as this isn't someone that's like on board because it's a campaign or they're doing it for whatever reason. Actually, no, like these are the things that she genuinely thinks and is really passionate about talking about and sharing and encouraging other people to have that conversation as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's so like, she's just honest. Like she's Mm. so brutally honest about like the media and just like life in general. Mm. And I think we need we need so many more role models like that because I'm sorry, but Kim Kardashian's not a role model. And I think more young girls need to they need to and young boys they need to notice that and they need to realise that selling skinny tea and saying, Look how thin I am because of the amount of money I have, that's not something to look up to. Whereas people like her, like um Jamila Jamil and people like Demi Lovato and even like The Rock Johnson, mm. like amazing. If you look on his Instagram, he's so like raw but you wouldn't expect I know like anyone can have a mental health issue but you wouldn't expect him to have one if that like I'm trying to say that in the nice like not to be stigmatizing or anything but you know what I mean like he's someone that a lot of grown-ups as well wouldn't think oh he struggles because he's got it all but Mm. in fact he's a normal person um so yeah I think the world needs the world needs a lot more people like them really yeah I think we could sit down and talk for ages about a couple of celebrities as to like ones that are doing awesome stuff and ones that are maybe doing stuff that we, we're not as happy with. Um, one of the things you mentioned earlier as well, it would be quite nice to kind of go back and touch on was the idea of like the, the positive side of medication. Um, yeah. Like it is often seen as a, a negative, as a something that's quite stigmatizing for people. And I know um, when I kind of started uh it sounds weird to say a recovery when you still feel like there's work to do um but when I started that journey um I I was very apprehensive about taking medication it was definitely something I didn't want to do um and essentially the only reason why I started taking it in the end is because I got to a a breaking point and had um a bit of an episode and a breakdown and realized that I couldn't cope on my own um and I was going to have to wait a number of months before I was able to have some sort of kind of face-to-face or one-to-one support. Yeah. Um, and I think so often, like, there is, a, there is, for me, there's a clear limitation as to what medication can do, and it isn't for everyone. But I think it's about working out, is it for you, rather than just going, I, I don't want it, because, again, it feeds into that idea of, like, the the old mindset of what mental health is and who people are if they have a particular illness or if they're taking medication. So it'd be really interesting to hear kind of what that process was like for you, because it sounded really positive when you mentioned it earlier. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really pro-medication. Like, mm. I haven't always been. When I um, when I first went on it, I was, I was like you. I was adamant. I was like, I don't want to go on it because, one, I don't need it. I'm like, I can do this by myself. Mm. But... And two, because I like I almost didn't want the stigma that was attached to it yeah. because I felt like if I I know like obviously you don't have to tell people but it's part it'd be part of me and mm. like I'm an open book. Um but no, I started taking it and within the first within the first week I felt like a million times better. Um and I just thought I thought, well, if I ever go back to that place that I was in again, then that can be mm. dangerous. And mm. I just thought, yes, I take a tablet to like, you know, to help my brain really if you think about it but like my favorite kind of is it analogy I think mm. that's what call it I think so yeah I think so <laughs> <laughs> my favorite analogy is that um if someone had diabetes that mm. they, then they take constant medication to keep on top of that or if someone has even if someone has a cold um 
you take, I don't know, you take Lemsips or you take paracetamol or you take things that are going to like boost your immune system back up. Yeah. Um, but then if you come off them and when your cold goes, yes, you're fine for a bit. But the second like the kind of the cold weather comes back and like the dark days come back, you're going to get it again. Like yeah. it, it always comes back and that's like a mental illness. Yeah. Um, and I kind of I like that because it's very much like if I stop taking my medication tomorrow within a couple of days, I'd be back in that place again. Whereas I can maintain my, I don't know how to describe it. I mean, I'm still exactly the same person I was before um, I started taking medication, but I'm probably even more myself now because I'm not, I think I've got my personality back and I've got myself back. Um, Whereas when I wasn't on medication, I did lose myself for a bit and I kind of, I didn't really know who I was anymore mm. um, because I was very much like I was like I was severely depressed and I didn't want to get out of bed at one stage. Um, so, yeah, like my medication has literally like saved my life. So now I'm not afraid to, to say to people, you know what, I'm on medication, but that's fine. Like mm. it, it's just like my brain medication. It's fine. Um, so, yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. I heard someone say, I think it was, I can't this was last, it was recently. It might not have been last week um recently ish um and they were sort of talking about me and i was like oh i still i still take mine and i said i would like to not take it but i still feel that there are times when i'm like i'm okay and then there are times when i feel like no i i need to still be taking this and they said um i'd spoken to quite a few people that previously previously been on medication and um had a bit of their own knowledge as well and they said no you should be you should have what did they say you should have three months of constantly being kind of whatever you consider okay to be um, yeah. you should have three months of being okay and three months of constantly thinking I don't need to be on the medication before you start to come off it and before you go and see your, your GP and talk about um, coming off the medication I was like oh okay it gives you like a good mindset of actually like the period of time um, because I I know when um when I started taking mine, I think it was probably about a month before I really felt an effect yeah. from taking the medication. Um, and so there is that. There can be, obviously, it sounds like yours was quite quick and fast acting, which is ace. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it can have that delayed effect. And I notice now that like, there are some days when I forget to take mine. It's usually the weekend because I'm not in like the routine. Yeah, um, I'm, ex- yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm really bad on the weekends. Um so I will sometimes like miss a day, um, not on purpose. I just it's, it wasn't part of my routine. It gets to like seven o'clock at night, and I'm like, well, it's a bit pointless taking it now. I'll just take it in the morning. Yeah. And then I do notice, like three or four days later, I sometimes feel a bit more kind of uh, low, um, and I'm like, oh, okay. Obviously, I'm not doing this on purpose to test myself, but it's a reminder that actually, do you know what? Like, yeah, okay, maybe you would be okay, but at the moment, you generally do still need this. Um, And I think it is that mindset of, it's great if it's helping you, but don't sort of rush to come off of it. Um, And I think I feel like there is a bit of a crossover with, um, like, some of the the body positivity stuff in terms of like we see people do these like crash course diets lose a lot of weight and then gradually afterwards it comes back on and I'm like oh I just everyone's got their own journey but I think mental health like if you want to change the way your body is it's got to be slow it's got to be gradual you've got to think about it as a lifestyle change and you can't um, go right okay in two or three weeks I'm going to do this that's going to put me in a place where I'm going to be happy and whatever um, it needs to be managed and it needs to be over a longer period of time to to really be effectful because um, if it's helping and then you suddenly stop doing it or what do you think is going to happen at that stage of potential there is to revert back to what was happening before unless you've put other stuff in place yeah um, exactly and for me that's what the medication is there for is to give you a little bit of time to think and work out some coping strategies and tools and maybe work out what's going on. So um, I think medication can be ace um, and works for a lot of people. Um, So it is really, it's really nice actually to hear people talk about a positive experience of medication because I think we've all heard of negative experience. Yeah. Um, But to have that balance, I think is, 
is really nice and really important as well. Yeah. Mm. Um, so you mentioned Times Talk Day at the beginning, and it's um, obviously for us it's in a couple of days, but when the episode goes out, it'll have been last week. Um, yeah. So what have you got planned for Times Talk Day? Um, and what kind of stuff are you hoping to be involved with, um, I guess, kind of following on from Thursday as well? Yeah, uh, so I'm going to, uh, my friend Lorna, who is my like friend from Time to Change, mm-hmm. uh, she was on this, <laughs> she, um, she's got a, she's planned a um, tea and talk day in Birmingham New Street. Okay. Um, we're going there, um, should be absolutely amazing, they're giving us like sofas, they're giving us like plants apparently, because you know, you need plants. Oh, nice. um, so we've got right under like the main boards at New Street, we're having a tea and talk day. So it's basically um, free tea and coffee all day. Um, I'm not sure where we're getting the coffee and tea from. Apparently Lorna sorted it. Okay. So I'm going to trust her that she sorted it. <laughs> um, so a tea and talk day ain't going to happen. Um, but no, we're, gonna, we're basically going to be giving out free tea and coffee all day from like 10 a.m. to... 5pm I think so like oh wow so like rush hours basically like yeah. Yeah. and like lunch hours and stuff um and you get you basically get free tea or coffee in exchange for a talk about mental health so oh. it should be it should be really really good so really looking forward to it um I think yeah I think some of the time to change people are coming along as well um got a couple of young champions come in um so yeah it should be it should be a really really good day so I'm really looking forward to it oh that sounds ace I love I do love the um the the prop use um that people sometimes have with certain campaigns because I think it really does engage people a lot more. Um like I've done stuff before and sometimes you have to do it because there's a lack of resources and it's um stick on a t-shirt and hang around for people to talk to. Yeah. Um and that works for some people. Uh but little props like the stools and sofas and chairs and um it really encourages people to feel able to come over to you um because i think often when we um when i've seen campaigns before you try and approach people often the people that you really want to or would benefit from engaging with are going to be like massively avoiding you or um might potentially really struggle if you approach them whereas having that relaxed kind of environment and an opportunity for people to come over Mm. i think is is generally more positive um in terms of an experience for everyone yeah exactly it's like you said like it's like the prop isn't it so yeah you don't to kind of maintain eye contact while they're talking to you so mm. as you're kind of like pouring them a cup of tea or something you can mm. be like oh so do you know why we're here we're talking about mental health and then mm. that gives them the chance to be like oh i can you know i've got something to say about that and yeah. it just gets the conversation flowing and even if they even if they go home that day and say, oh, there were some, I don't know, there were some people in um, New Street today talking about mental health, mm. really got thinking, then it's it's a job done, isn't it? Like, it's yeah. a win-win. Yeah. And I, I think it's it's that side of um, the being visible and knowing that actually um, the people that walk past and maybe don't engage with you, that you've maybe encouraged them to go away and actually look up something online. They might look at a video or find out a bit more about um, mental health or time to change or mm-hmm. particularly like because it's a national campaign day, hopefully there's a lot of stuff going on online and social media that they'll be able to follow links to and find out a lot, even if they don't feel confident enough um, to come and approach you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Nice. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I feel like we've not spoken about anything in real depth, but we've already crept up towards an hour. Um, actually. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, we kind of skimmed over a couple of things. Oh, that's 50 minutes. Oh, great. Okay. Um, um, so I guess uh, for me, maybe it'd be really interesting if at a later stage um, we get you back on or maybe um, both of you want to talk about what um, Time to Talk Day was like for you as well and hear about that. But uh, if people want to find out a little bit more about you, find out what's going on with the, the, the stuff you're doing with Young Champions, how can they do that and where can they find you so they can find me on uh, my instagram which is yours truly g with a little kiss at the end um and that because yours truly g was taken um <laughs> and then on twitter i am at yours truly g underscore kiss kiss that is me yeah 
Ace. Um, it's been awesome to sit down and have a chat. I think we we've spoken before, but very very briefly at the the Mind Media Awards. So we didn't really yeah. get a chance to talk properly there. So it's been really nice to sit and down and hear a little bit more of your story. I feel like we've not really got into anything. I don't quite know where the time's gone. Um, no, I don't really. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it'd be lovely to to have you back and to hear a little bit more um, about how how this week goes, but also maybe to go into your story a bit more because I really feel like we've just skimmed over everything. Uh, I know. Yeah. But yes, it's been lovely. Thank you so much for coming on and for for sharing your story and your experience as well. Thank you for having me. My first podcast. Oh, <laughs> first one done. Tick tick. <laughs> Uh, I look forward to talking to you very soon and I hope Thursday goes well. Okay, thanks Mike. No worries. These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. She's not a great match for me, and that's okay. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so mm. they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. I feel like a lot of the friends that I did have have sort of stopped speaking to me because of it and the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. Not only did this help me to write it, mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. And then she was like, okay, tell me a bit about what's going on. So I told her everything and her face dropped. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it.